The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Tom, are you a PlayStation View subscriber? I, I am not. I, I can guess why you're uh, going to ask me this question, but go ahead. Yeah, tough scene today. I'm a PlayStation View subscriber, and I'm not looking forward to having to find something else. But this is Midwest Swing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network, and maybe that's not the first thing on my mind, but I'm definitely trying to figure out if it's going to be YouTube TV sling. Yeah. So if you're a listener, we're getting to the good stuff right away. Send messages to at brand underscore warn, at Midwest Swing Pod, at Zone Coverage, man, at I am Justin Bailey, at T Schreier 3, probably not the last two as much. But let me know what I should go with. I think I'm going to go with YouTube TV, but we'll ba- see. Bailey, do you only stream illegal stuff, or do you actually – I think you use occasionally use my yeah, He's over there right? saying, why don't you just subscribe ba- to Reddit? Bailey, who ate like an entire meal immediately after starting the Reddit, podcast. He's like, Reddit streams is the way to go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, me and my girlfriend have like a bunch of different streaming platforms that we have passwords from from our parents and oh, other family so members. Hey, stuff. By the way, yeah, unless yeah, you're yeah. considering me family, I know you have my password, and I'm pretty sure you, you've used it. Yeah, no, I definitely use yours. Yeah. Um, you would, and his password is bedbugs suck. Yeah, Tom, I guess he would follow suck. under 69. the friends category, although person, really, yeah. person, person of interest. Um, so yeah, we use for Brewer games and stuff, Bucks games, uh, Fox Sports Go. Yeah. Um, other, I have like a Direct TV thing I use. But so, cutting yeah. the cable was an easy decision for us, and I didn't think it would be. Yeah. We were paying like sixty bucks for View, and it's awesome. And we did Sling too, actually. And so my wife and I watched this thing called Homicide Hunter with with Joe Kenda, who's like okay. this famous detective from Colorado Springs, and he solved like four hundred murders. And wow. so they just go to him. And they're like, well, which one do you want to make a show on today? And they do an entire episode <laughs> of him being like, <laughs> that sounds re- incredible. <laughs> recreating a murder that he investigated and solved. And he's remembering it from just off the top of his head. I mean, they obviously sure. have production and everything, but they had like all that on Sling that you could just search. So, gonna need to wait the uh, options here. Yeah, I used Hulu, uh, Hulu's live TV thing. I had that for a little while. Um, I think I used like the free month or whatever. I still have, I have Hulu because I subscribe to Spotify. So yeah, but you have to pay for Hulu in order to get the sports. Yeah. Yeah. When I have Spotify, too. but even then it was like, I legitimately thought of, if we didn't have all the other streaming services from people, um, Hulu, the Hulu one is a really, it's like, <laughs> we four, weren't mooching yeah, off everybody. Yeah. It's like 40 a lot bucks. Of streams. Yeah. We have I, HBO. We, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting proposition for a baseball fan because we, right. Kn- right. We, and we can tie it into, I mean, first of all, though, have you guys tried Pluto? The, that one's free. The former one, planet. Say, yeah. The former planet. Pluto is, is free. The so dog. I would say write that down. That's, they've got an unsolved mysteries channel, which is like. The yeah. Co- I'm, I'm convinced basically. by the way. Brandon is just studying up on how he can kill someone and get away with it. He's like, yeah, you know, I listened to some true crime, mm-hmm. listened to some serial, watched some sketchy show on some. Who's to say streamer. I haven't already? It's true. We don't know where Ryan Turkless I mean, is. I mean, he was on one show like honestly, six like, years ago. Like there's continuing education for accountants. I mean, why wouldn't murders have continuing yeah. education? No, too? I think so, uh, I think you bring up anyway, a valid. Not back to point. baseball stuff. If you I have MLB.TV as well, but obviously I need to get twins games. And PlayStation View was good for that. Well, but. and it's not what my point was with the NFL is is everyone uses Reddit streams because mm-hmm. for example, 
I'm in Cleveland. I have an Xfinity account. Deliberately? Uh, that was to cover the oh, series. Got it, got yeah, it, yeah, yeah. the series where they uh, they took those two, the, the double header. No disrespect to Chris in India or Cleveland or wherever yeah. he is right now. Uh, and no, who, who immediately identified my Tim Couch and Brian Hoyer jerseys on his first guesses. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, Die hats off Cleveland to that. Hats fan. off to that. I hope they don't trade Lindor for his sake. Yeah. But anyway. Chris sorry, will back, be fine. He's, he's diehard, diehard, but uh, struggling through this round season. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I have an Xfinity account. I'm, I pay for TV, and yet somehow I couldn't get the Vikings game out there. And I was like, fine, I'm using Reddit. And you have to like... Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk or tell who the reporter is just in case he doesn't want this out there, but I had to go to a young reporter who knows how to use his Reddit streams and was like, yeah, you have to click this and this and then avoid this gambling ad and don't hit watch now. And I was like, well, I want to watch it now. And for old man, Tom, it was a struggle. Does but, he have red hair? Uh, no, but, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but the, uh, um, the point is it's easy to kind of set up the Reddit thing for a football game. I don't think that's what you want to do for every twins game every day. And this is one of those things like MLB needs to get on top of this because I do think they're going to miss out on fans mm-hmm. who have cut the cord yet want to follow the twins every day and want to actually see it in action. And we know this, you can listen to our podcast, read our stuff, um, you know, go on Twitter and look up stats or whatever. You still have to watch the game. I mean, to truly understand what's going on, you don't need to see all of them, but to see the differences in Buxton's swing or how, you know, so-and-so looks in the in the infielder, you know, rises you to development. You can't scout the stat sheet. Yeah, and I, I think this is something that MLB should get on because I think it's an easy thing to watch on your phone, on your tablet. You can watch baseball passively. We're going to get to the World Series. I have watched a lot of the World Series passively because the Wolves are three and zero. The Wild are playing. You know, it's <laughs> the Wild season. are playing. Sort of. That's that's the verb you assign to the Wild. Yeah, they the are wi- in action. They, they are skating on the rink and trying to score. I think occasionally, but the um, <laughs> sounds you know, like Tom in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> the 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 point is skating on thin ice. Um, yikes! The uh, the point is, and, and obviously, just with the NBA starting, it, there's national games, whatever. That you know, baseball you can kind of track in real time, and it, they will show you the replay. You will see all the key events. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for for people, especially that it, it's played regularly during the day, especially given that a lot of people use Chromecast or Apple TV or whatever and just want to stream it to their TV, especially because a lot of people have cut the cord and the only thing that they were watching on cable was sports. I, you know, baseball needs to figure this out because I think the more you watch it, as much as I think you get into the game, watching it in person, I think you become a true fan when it just becomes part of your habit of, Oh, they have a day game today or whatever, or they're going from this series to this series. And I, I, you know, it's important for getting young fans, which I think baseball is struggling to do. But I think it's like the the newspaper industry too. You can either get out in front of trends or you can react to them. Why not be out in front of it? Yeah. And so my professor, when I wrote a paper on media consumption back in college, said that he felt if newspapers had gotten out in front of just classifieds, like car soup and that sort of thing, they could have monetized that online and used that to kind of keep afloat the news side of thing until, you know, pay-per-clicks maybe wasn't a thing anymore or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when you can get out and get in front of things media-wise as, a, as an entity or as an, a, a league and make your own gifts, make your, I mean, hire John Boy and hire Pitch Ninja and all these guys who are doing these gifts and these videos. Oh, Parker Hageman the, locally. Right? Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, hire these guys and make these things readily available. So people like you and me, if I want to gif a Byron Buxton making a diving catch, that should be available to me within an hour. Yeah. If if the if the YouTube highlights are available within 90 minutes of the game ending, 
Like if I post a game story at Target Field and drive home, I can usually grab the YouTube video and throw it in the story if I want once I get home. But it's usually not available once we get back upstairs 45 minutes after the game ends. Why can't there be GIFs? Why can't there be highlight packs? It's, 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 it's just it needs to happen because right now that's what's making people on Twitter all kinds of popular. I mean, John Boy has like 150,000 followers, and this is a guy who's just like you or me but just happens to know how to gift things and, and somehow gets around the idea that MLB can strike him down and say you get a cease and desist letter or become the next Luke Inman and lose your entire Twitter account. Yeah, unfortunately, Luke Spinman, Luke underscore Spinman NFL is his new account. The Yeah, what has he got, like 600 followers now and he had like 10,000 yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke, use the music that you own. But um, <laughs> we've had a lot of we've had a lot of fun Luke stuff in the last week, but we won't get into that too deep. Yeah, I told my wife that story, <laughs> I didn't know and what she's you were like, about. and she's like, I have some questions. And I said, Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, are are Luke's f- wife's <laughs> friends not going to be like, Wait, how do you know this information? <laughs> Because if Luke's wife knows this information, that's troubling. We if should. We Luke should. We should. Ta- we should say. Uh, Luke and his his wonderful wife are Luke is our Vikings one of Vikings contributors, uh, contributors yeah and uh, his wonderful wife are looking to move to the city it's difficult to find a place I opened up my doors to him much to well, Bailey's chagrin because Bailey you kind of cracked the door I I left the door open a he crack the door in and, so let yeah. let's frame this up correctly and I was like yeah if you guys want to just give me a heads up he's like yeah we'll look at some other places let you know. Doesn't talk to me about it for three months. I talk to Luke regularly, at least on a weekly basis. Um, and out of nowhere, it's like basically I'm moving in. And then, uh, and I don't even know how to talk about the end of that text, but it was. It was about how well endowed you are. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, okay, Bailey, Bailey who Lincoln. almost choked drinking whatever you're drinking, LaCroix over there, another Red Dog. Oh, fancy. Yeah, it's about how uh, well endowed you are. And I'm just curious how. He would know that and transfer that information to his wife or it vice was, versa. The best part of this is we have a text chain with, I believe it's Bailey, you, me, and Ryan Turnquist. Is that it? Somebody replied on Ryan Turnquist's behalf. So I assume he's still alive. Yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. you didn't murder him. Hopefully but the, listening. The point is, Ryan, who's a great uh, baseball fan. But he had and has no been idea on the what show. we were talking about. Yeah, like had no con. And I just wanted to share this text with you guys because I'm like, this is insane. Um, and uh, Ryan... <laughs> Right, just was like, what the hell? And then I sent him a side text explaining, and he's like, okay, this makes more sense. It still doesn't make sense. It's, I mean, we love Luke here, but yeah, it was, uh, it was something special. Um, yeah, we regardless, all, how, how, what were you talking about that was remotely baseball related when we got here? Oh, gifts and getting out in front of yeah. media. I, I think the NBA has done it right, where you can get highlights really quickly. You mm-hmm. can't. We know, by the way, that there's a payoff because we can post even just kind of basic stuff from the wolves. And there's a response to, I, you know, when Jimmy Butler was here, I can't believe Jimmy Butler said that or Derek Rose or well, now how about it's the fact or wig. We would post a YouTube video of Jimmy Butler and get like 4,000. Yeah. That, I guess that's what I'm and getting. And then at. I post something of Joe Mauer and it's like 200. And yeah. And, and again, Jake Rizzi after a good start or we're, something. We're but, yeah. very clearly in like the early stages as a media entity. Yeah. So no, you know, our Joe Mauer videos aren't going to get a thousand views. Like maybe the pioneer press does or, the Star Tribune gets five thousand, but it was but the Jimmy yeah. Butler stuff just blew up. Derrick Rose, any of that? Derrick Rose has yeah. more stands or fans, whatever you yeah. call it, online. I swear, if you say Derrick Rose sucks, you've got fifty people in your mentions threatening to like find you and beat you up. 
Seriously. I know. Yeah. And this was even Derek when. Derek Rose by th- 31 points the other night. This oh, was yeah. when he was washed, too. Like, yeah. three wolves when he was basically bouncing around, making two, three million dollars and not sticking with the calves. People are like, he's just misunderstood. He's just got to get healthy again. And everybody's like, well, when was he ever healthy? I mean, Memphis, yeah. you know, but the, but the point is, yeah, they've done a good job. And I think what will bring people out to game. So using the twins specifically is seeing a spectacular bucks and catching going. This actually happens regularly when he's healthy. You see someone who is so fast. Like again, your, your mind almost kind of has to adjust to it being like mm-hmm. that ball's in the air. It should be uncatchable, clean hit. And he's there, right? The big picture view, like what we get from the press box or if you're in the upper deck, is a beginning to end, whereas the camera having to switch and not knowing where he was positioned, like it's almost better live, but the next best thing is if I'm describing it with words in an article, throw the GIF in there. And then that only not only gives us added credibility, but that GIF will lead back to their game video or it can lead back to whatever when you embed it. There's no reason for them not to find a way to monetize it or incentivize it so that it makes more sense and drives more people to their product. Because, frankly, GIFs, even just dumb stuff like we used to say in our old Twitter Slack channel, yep. was a huge part of, like, our kidding around. Baseball GIFs would be so easy to make part of, like, baseball Twitter, like the people who talk about Twitter on baseball or baseball yeah. on Twitter all the time. That would be huge, and then gifts would draw in a younger audience. Uh, well, maybe not necessarily a, like a hipper audience. I don't want to sound like an old man trying to say that, but it would draw in a, a, a different breed of fans. People who not, are very online. Not well, and yeah, not realizing that there are this many high intensity highlights in a game that might look boring from the it, the, the distance or you, distance. And you mentioned YouTube video. I mean, I I don't think a snow home run really compares to like seeing Zach Levine dunk. Let's say, but. If you can set yeah, not up, not unless it's like 450 feet, right? And, but if you can set up the context, I think of that five-hour game against the Yankees, and if or if you, Luis arise when he came in that time against was it Araldis Chapman? Yeah, if he would have worked that count and then homered, that whole context makes more. How about his that just his at bat where he was down 0-2 this year and somehow took like or saw 14 pitches and hit a single? Was that was that, that was right after that too? Because I think he came in for an injured player. Down yeah, the scope, scope with an yep. oblique, I believe. Yeah, yep. came so like I think those two things happened within like a week or two of each other. Like think of the side by side potential for for verticals or for some kind of like gif or video or whatever. Yeah, just a shortened game, not just a game recap, but let's break down the swings between in a fourteen twelve game between but, the Yankees. But I also think their unreasonable like thing is that you could get enough gifs and piece it together and watch the whole game via gif, and it's like, okay, do you realize gifs are pretty much never longer than 15, 10 seconds. I think they worry about highlights being robbed or something, but I just don't think that's They're right. sharing them on YouTube. I mean, and, and SportsCenter doesn't even show baseball hardly. I mean, ESPN, I tweeted this the other night. I opened it up, and the cover story on the ESPN website was Notre, Notre Dame, Dame Michigan. getting their butts kicked by Michigan. Yep. And I'm like, game four of the World Series is going on right now. There is no clear favorite right now because it was when it, Houston was – basically in the process of leveling it 2-2. Now they're up 3-2 and possibly could win it tonight. Yeah, there, there was literally no reason, and I know Notre Dame national television contract on ABC, subsidiary of Disney, which is all that right, owns right, right, ESPN. Right. I get that. But, man, it's a World Series, and and that's not your cover thing. I just I don't get Let's, it. Uh, we're going to talk about Rouse, and I don't want to pretend like I, – I think that's actually really big news, but I think yeah, it's sure, natural sure, sure. to segue into the World Series yeah. real quick. I. Here's the thing. I actually think, 
and this is a negative thing. This is one of the people are paying more attention to this World Series than I would have expected, given mm-hmm. that this isn't the 17 Astros that are trying to prove their concept. We know their concept work. They're they're a good team. One of the best teams in baseball, but it's a little less exciting, I guess, to see another win two years after that. And while D.C. could be seen as kind of this tortured sports town, they did just win with Ovechkin. Their women's team just won. It's a big deal. If the Isn't Nation- it weird, though, that the, the, Nationals, the national capital doesn't draw more interest? I guess maybe it's more an indictment on baseball than anything. Also, they're new. I think people would rather like they're the expos too. I think people feel weird about like the 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 transplant aspect of it. Whereas like the Dallas Stars won the Stanley Cup in '99 or whatever it was after only five yeah only five years of being there. I don't know how much that mattered either. Yeah, the the trans the transplant aspect. I guess the other way to compare it would be like Tampa Bay winning when nobody because it's all retirees in for the most part in in Florida or maybe not all but. That, that's part of the reason why sports doesn't draw as much interest down there is because it's just not people who are the age of sports Also, fans. they got beat by the Phillies, right? I'm thinking way back when, right? So, Oh, yeah, I was thinking of the Lightning. Sorry. Oh, sorry. But the Rays, yeah, got beat by the Phillies too. And that was a weird – it was actually kind of like the Cubs and the Marlins where Cubs win that World Series we saw it obviously in 16. Mm-hmm. It's like a monumental sports event where the Marlins win and you're like, well, that team will be gone next year, right? I mean, all those guys flushed out the door. I, I think um, – the Rays are a little different because unlike the Marlins who just seem to be kind of like building a team just to burn it down, the Rays at least have a system that other teams can le- learn from of how they built their team and mm-hmm. develop players and all this stuff. But when the Phillies win, it's a huge deal because it's a, it's a big sports market. Regardless, I just think the Nationals aren't – I think of the other teams that were in there, Atlanta who had success in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. The Cardinals who – Cardiac Cardinals kind of always in it. The L.A. Dodgers, who have a built-in storyline, big market team, spend a lot of money, have not went one since, is it 89? 98. 88. I mean, that you're talking about back when the Twins won the, the World Series. Gibson World Series. Yeah. Homered off Dennis Eckersley. In 89, I believe, was the earthquake, right? The A's yep. and, yeah. So By the way, by the way, you mentioned the Marlins burning it down. I think that they have not put out the last fire, and they've just been throwing stuff on that fire <laughs> to keep it raging. When in fact, yeah, you cannot win on top of a fire. You need to put that fire out instead of trading for guys like, well, Lewis Brinson. <laughs> Lewis Brinson. <laughs> Lewis Brinson's become famous on this podcast. He's like the the athlete of this podcast. Don't know if he would ever do any kind of read for us or anything like that. But yeah, he's kind the, of become the athlete. The point is, let's actually bring this over to Bailey. Uh, unfortunately, I know this is a tortured moment, but he's sipping it, his tea it, over there like it this is, is none of his business. It is cra- he is. It is crazy that this is a little like the Giants, where you're like the Giants mini dynasty almost doesn't happen if they can't get out of the wild card, right? In this sense, we saw how close the Brewers were. Is it weird watching this team that the Brewers almost beat go this far? Yeah, I think I I may have said it last week. I think it's fun that the Nationals literally they not just as a Brewers fan speaking. The Nationals should have lost that game. The Brewers just played a better game than the yeah. Nationals, and it came down to a costly error by a dude who shouldn't have even been out there because the MVP of the league should have been out there, but he was injured. So I think it shows that a single hot streak could get you a World Series, something that they have I'd never won. I'd, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it just a well-timed hot streak could do anything. And I think, I think it's good for the sport. I don't know if it's doing well with TV ratings or whatever, but I think legitimate baseball fans like seeing this. I, 
I'm starting to come full circle on the idea that the postseason is random. I think it's small samples that you can't draw meaningful analysis from. But what Jared Diamond wrote for the Wall Street Journal, I don't know if you've ever read him or met him. I met him at Target Field one day. He was actually over by the batting cages, which anybody who knows knows that that's not super allowed. But uh, (laughs) I'm I'm just chit-chatting with him. He wrote something called or something I think went up yesterday, like along along the idea of, well, Houston's here. They're supposed to be here. And honestly, if you look at Washington's pitching, there's no reason for them not to be here, at least for starting pitching. So maybe the playoffs aren't as random as we thought, and maybe it's more certain skills sure. or certain ways to build teams. You know, if you have good enough relief pitching, good enough starting pitching, good enough offense. I mean, I think the Twins' offense this year was good enough to win the World Series if things broke correctly. If you play yeah. the playoffs 100 times, maybe the Twins win the World Series four or five times, whatever. But he made an interesting case for the idea that maybe calling them a crapshoot or random isn't totally fair, but more, you know, we have to focus on the idea that it is a small sample size, but that good teams still can and should win. Yeah, good team. You need a good team to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still plenty of teams that are sitting at home right now doing nothing. So you need you need a good base of players to get there. But I still think once you get there, anything can happen. And um, well, I think I, the, like, I think the idea that I think injuries play. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. There's a lot of things that play into it. But I, you got to have a good team to get there. But after that, I mean, I think the the idea that on, the only team that can have a good season is the team that wins the World Series is so flawed. Oh, because yeah, no, I the mean, Twins had a good season this year. The Nationals had a good season. Yeah. The Dodgers, the Braves, you, I mean, uh, the Brewers didn't. I, the Brewers were. Do you feel more good. confident? I mean, yeah, all right. But I mean, they. That division isn't locked down by one team, right? It's not like you're worried about It should be, but it's not. I mean, the fact that the the Cubs had to hire a new manager and a lot of their guys like Jorge Soler and Eloy Jimenez. I mean, Jimenez didn't have a great rookie season, but Gleyber Torres, I mean, that's the guy who really jumps off the page. The fact that they got a little too comfortable with making trades to get impact players to, again, and it got them the World Series, but it did undermine their potential, their dynasty potential to the point where now people are wondering if maybe Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer aren't as, yeah. as they were cracked up to be. But the, the idea, though, that that in in isolation you can't have a good year unless you win the World Series falls flat on, on my shoulders or fall flat in my head because, I mean, the Kansas City team that won the World Series four years ago or whatever, you can't tell me that team couldn't have been steamrolled by this last Twins offense uh, maybe even 50% of the time. It, but but you know what? Those Royals didn't have to go through the Yankees, yep. which are the Twins' kryptonite. Sure. Do the Royals have a kryptonite? Not that we've seen because the only times they've made the playoffs, they lost the World Series and they won the World Series. But did, who did they go through? The A's? Did they go through the Rays? Whoever. But they didn't go through a really good Yankees team like the Twins always seem to run up against. And so – was it was it only a good season for the Royals the year they won it, but not the year they didn't win it? Uh, it falls flat for me. I don't think so. Yeah, I think the um, the reason I'm concerned for Twins fans next year is because I think if you asked a hundred Brewer fans if this season was a success, seventy five of them, eighty of them are going to say no, which is insane. Which is insane. Yeah. Like, this Brewers team didn't make the playoffs for over 30 years mm-hmm. and they just broke that streak a decade ago. Yeah. So the fact that they're playing, I mean, a wild card game is whatever. It's just a one, it's just one game extra, but 
it's still that's all the they, that that's they, all they got in 2009 or 2008 when they beat when they finally made it to the playoffs. That yeah. was only a wild card appearance. So the fact that you could celebrate something like that so recently and then be disappointed by it now. Yeah. Also, that's why celebrating after winning the wild card, yeah. becoming all that stuff. And the Brewers celebrate away because honestly, you may never win the World Series. This was a complicated season for the Brewers. They had a lot of players who. But Josh Hader of, was the rook, the reliever of the year. Didn't you see that? Yeah. What so a terrible. A ball. lot of the players that were integ- integral to them getting so far last year really reg- regressed, and then the Yelich injury was a huge bummer. And even yeah, th- even yeah. though they continued to win after that Yelich injury, you don't. You need somebody like that in the playoffs. It, it, he is literally one of the two best players in the MLB, so that hurts. And they're, the way it ended is kind of a bummer, and you kind of think, like, what if? But I think it was, ge- in general, a successful season. I think any mm-hmm. team that makes it to the playoffs, that's some sort of success in its own right. Maybe that doesn't mean much to Dodger fans or Yankees fans who are. Nor should it with their payroll, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but imagine Dodger fans thinking they're going to trade Corey Seager and prospects for Francisco Lindor when those guys have been roughly equal over the last four or five years. Sure. Like, you get so caught up in the idea of improving what's already good, trying to achieve perfection, that you can chase your own tail. I mean, the idea that you want Clayton Kershaw to be better in the playoffs, like, I get it. Oh, but yeah. But at the same time, like, he's already the greatest pitcher of the last 10, 15 years. <laughs> What more can he become? It's also worth pointing out the Brewers. You you sent us a graph in this same chat we we're talking about, where it was like Cubs making the playoffs, Brewers not making yeah. the playoffs, and it switched right at the end. And I yep. think you said something like, "This is our." I here's what I'll say about this: that actually, in some ways, signifies a good season. They finished strong. They got yep. in the playoffs. Yep. But I think, as much as you're right, I think if you pull Brewers fans, you'd say 75, 80 percent are like, "This season sucked." Yeah. However, I think if you looked at their actions, and granted, I was there when it was the twins in town and it's the border rivalry or whatever, but that place was packed and yep. it was mostly Brewers fans. Mm-hmm. And even if you just look around, you see bumper stickers and people wearing the hats or jerseys or whatever. I mean, certainly people act as though the Brewers are a good team that's worth supporting in Milwaukee. Yeah, they're so very, Wisconsin sports fans are very loyal. Yeah. Very, the, very The problem loyal. I think, and I came to this conclusion the other day, that sports teams and executives kind of fall into this trap is that their fan base that they have to appease are largely morons. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't mean to be dickish. I don't mean to be rude. But you've got people with short attention spans and people who don't understand the concept that, like, if you're drafted in the third round in baseball and you make the big leagues, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Let alone becoming oh, so the an perfect example player. I've used plenty of times on the show is the Brewer fans that were upset when they traded Brinson for Christian Yelich. Yeah. Like, and, there were, and there were plenty of them that really coveted those prospects anybody but Brinson yeah. exactly and, so. and again small market teams are going to do that more because you have to have in some ways the feeder system right you can't just go out and sign guys the only year. reason Milwaukee did it was because of the contract Yelich was on I mean if Yelich oh, was, yeah. yeah if he was making 18 million instead of 12 or 15 or sure. whatever it is or 20 probably doesn't happen then again that deal probably doesn't happen with the Marlins in the first place yeah. because they gave that crazy contract to Stanton and like nobody else. So it's it, worth pointing out. Yeah, so you mentioned the Royals and I just, cause it's funny what their path was 2014 second in the central 89 wins. This is after years. They had 86 the year before, but years 14, terrible. Yeah. So who, would that have been, 
who won the division that year? Detroit? Detroit. Probably yeah. final year Detroit winning. Um, oh, 2014 was the year they had Scherzer, Price, and, yeah. and um, Verlander. And they didn't even go through them. They beat the Athletics in the wild card game. Who did? Uh, this is the Royals. Oh. Swept the Angels, swept the Orioles, lost to the Giants, and I believe that was the game that... Um, Sandoval made that falling catch at the end, and there was the throw from... Baumgartner came in relief. Yep, and there was the Duda throw home that... Uh, am I thinking right? Duda's throw home didn't... Uh, he didn't get the guy out. No, that was the Mets. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Duda present day. That's that's Mets and uh, Mets and Royals. I had that confused. So, that's the next year. So Yeah, so the ne- and the next year is interesting. It's actually... So first in the Central, 95 wins. One... Wait, so they swept Baltimore in 2014? Yeah. So I think Baltimore swept Detroit and then got swept by Kansas City. How does that happen? How does Kansas it's, City not baseball. have to go through Detroit yeah. and the big three? And, and frankly, their fourth was Annabelle Sanchez, and I think their fifth was Porcello. I think that was their four or which, five. Which the Twins, and maybe I'm making too much of it. Sanchez had a great year this year. Porcello won a Cy Young with the Red Sox, and they were the four and five starters. Por- er, Sanchez had a $90 million contract. That's how stacked their rotation was. Yeah. And everyone says, go get pitching, go get pitching. Well, guess what? Might not mean anything. You might still end up getting your ass kicked by the Yankees in the division series, or you go to the World Series and lose. I, I, I get the idea that people want to add pitching, but it does not mean if you add Garrett Cole for five years and $40 million that you are going to the World Series next year. It might mean that you get spanked by the Yankees in three straight again next year. And it's because Garrett Cole blew his arm out, or he gave up a home run. Matt, Max Scherzer injured in this. Series. Anything, I, anything can happen. Just interesting. The next year was so different. Won the ALDS against the Astros three two. Oh, I think Korea dropped or somebody dropped a pop up or something. Something like that. Yeah. The uh, Yankees, or sorry, the, the Yankees, the the Royals beat the uh, Blue Jays four two in the ALCS. That was, I think, the end of that good Blue Jays run. Was that Batista? Yeah. yeah. Won the World Series against the Mets 4-1. And people are kind of, it's weird, this World Series has come up with the current one because the current one may go, I mean, it will go 6, may go 7. I guess people will know by the time they hear this. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem that exciting even though, and we'll get to it, it's such a swing from 2-0, you took away the home field advantage, you could sweep or win in 5, to, you know, these have been games that have been decided early. Mm -hmm. It's been a weird matchup of teams. The the World Series between people are kind of like, what are the Mets doing here? What are the Royals doing here? Having said that, that was one of the best five-game World Series ever, and in part because the Royals were an exciting team with that bullpen. To be fair, a model probably the Twins need to use of you got to have a couple good starters, but really you just need a lockdown bullpen that you know. You know what else they did? They went out and got help. They yeah. had Johnny Cueto. They had Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Sometimes, and, and you think about the prospects they traded for those guys. Whatever became of Brandon Finnegan? Whatever became of Brandon Finnegan was yeah, a weird one. I mean, that was a guy that actually was their fireman the year before. He, he had, had gone right from college. Chris Sale style. And then for Zobrist, I want to say the Zobrist trade, those guys became a little bit more. I'm going to look while, while I let you do I, some And I, I think the point is you start to see the Twins bullpen look a little bit like that mm-hmm. with Gratterall, if he remains in the bullpen, May, Duffy, Akala, if he can get there. Well, and, You know, like these guys are yeah. hard-throwing guys that can come out of the bullpen. If I do an aggressive blueprint like I asked on Twitter, I might trade Gratterall. I might trade someone, you know, I don't know. So the Kansas City, yeah, Sean Manaya was the big piece yeah. that went from. So, I mean, sometimes you make a trade and, you know, the Royals could have used Sean Manaya the last few years, but so could the A's. I mean, he's been hurt. Um, yeah, so if, if you go more aggressive, though, maybe you move some of those guys because if you sign a Garrett Cole and you trade some of your big prospects to get 
I don't know what caliber of starter is going to be available, like a, a Max Fried or a Mike Soraka or a Chris Paddock. I've seen all those names come up. I don't believe any of them are available, but you know what? You also never know until you ask. If you get a 24-year-old stud who's in his second or third year for one of those guys and he's making 500000 and you pair that with paying Garrett Cole $38 million a year, that's two guys at $19 million a year. If you were going to go the route of, say, Michael Pineda and Madison Bumgarner, you could also pay $40 million per year for those two guys. What would you rather do? Obviously, it's going to be Garrett Cole and the young stud, right? Yeah. So there's lots of paths to the same means, and that's why, too, I don't get too wound up in payroll numbers because, again, if they gut their farm system and get two crazy studs, let's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and, and Forrest Whitley, like the big prospect for the Astros. Let's just say those are their huge moves. Well, that's going to be cutting payroll, and it's not going to look good, but you're also going to have some of the best young players in all of baseball. That's, And maybe it's a little off topic, but that's why I don't get too tied up in, well, how much money did they spend? Yeah, it ma- I think what it matters is keep the best players in town. So that means Brio's bucks, and we've said that before. And, and target then- the best players in trades. Target the best players and not be afraid to pay them. You know, if you trade for Francisco Lindor, like the, the rumors are now about Cleveland trading him, yeah, pay him. If you trade for him, pay him. That's that's got. Could the, you see the Twins ever doing basically like a heads up move like that, where you you're looking at a team in your division and going, "Yep, you can have our best prospects. I want your you know one of your best players." I don't think they'd be afraid of it because you know why. Felby's from the organization. We should point out not only that, but I think too like your window, you're closing your other team's window. You're opening yours. So why do you care if that other prospect is good in three years? Three years is an eternity. I want our guy, Mr. Lewis something. Brinson. Just, just go. Me, though, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. You should trade in your division. I don't care about trading. If you make the best deal, it shouldn't matter what position a guy plays. Like, so the hold, hold on, hold on. I got something for you. Sure, so yeah. I went back to the day the Brewers traded for Yelich on Reddit and Uh-oh. looked at oh my the God. post. Oh, my God. Here's I, mean, I, what, got, I got the no. sizzle going Here on. I'm rubbing my hands together. One of the comments was, I am just astonished that anyone is happy about this. We just traded two top 100 prospects for a decent hitting outfielder who was terrible at the position we're likely going to play him at. If you were going to trade Brinson, make it for good pitching. Oh yeah, we hear those. I, I like that. Those That's interesting. Come up all the time. You could literally trade Royce Lewis for Mike Trout, and the first ten tweets would be, "Can he pitch?" We just it's blew like up. the Vikings. Can he play guard? We just blew up the top of our farm system for one center fielder. I feel like this was too much from us and too soon. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one MVP. Yeah, might win it this year. Yeah. So, do you think he'll win it? I don't. I, I think the injury hurts him. No, I think there's an argument. So Bellinger uh, probably wins. I think, yeah, Bellinger probably wins it. Plus, he gets paid less. Um, but, <laughs> the Molly and Knight argument. But, yeah, I think, I obviously, and as a Brewer fan, I'm a little biased. I think there is a legitimate argument for it, but I'm not going to be up in arms if he doesn't win it. Uh, Lorenzo Cain needs to finally win a gold glove, though. Yeah. It's absurd it, that he doesn't have it, one It yet. legit bums me out that she's in the BBWAA, and I'm sure. not. And she votes on that stuff. So. <laughs> Let, let's, let's just air grievances about the Brewers on this podcast. <laughs> I got problems with the Brewers. Yeah. The, uh, the point I want to make about this World Series, and we're talking a little bit in broad strokes, is unfortunately because <laughs> That's it's all not, I can do. That's all I'm aware. I'm capable of. I, and to be fair, I think we've both been watching it, but again, we're watching other things, too. I've also the, been watching 90 Day Fiance, so... Um, the uh, <laughs> I I know I, I know can accept this. It's a guy from the Tunisia. It's really funny. The uh, the uh, I, the odds that I get this strain thought out uh, are low. But um, unfortunately, because the teams the two teams aren't as exciting, I think you know 
for certain reasons they could be, but I think there there would have been more intriguing matchups probably mm-hmm. uh, out of all these playoff teams, right? Um, and because the play on the field isn't that exciting in that you kind of know the result pretty quickly, it's usually an inning or two that kind of determine it uh, mm-hmm. in each game. And because the Astros assistant GM did something absolutely terrible, yeah, that, that has awful. been the focus. I want to talk about this concept of, and I fell into it a little bit, I was initially pulling for the Astros. I think on the last show we did, I said I like them because they provide a reasonable blueprint that other teams can use where Washington's is a little more difficult say, to we might pull want to, off. We might, want to, we might want to pull back on that we, take. Right, and I think in between that time, we we saw what happened with their assistant GM. I think most people well, then People saying it's a cold, cruel place to work. It's like, mm, that might not be the Twins. Uh, no, I think it's worth comparing them in a second, but to talk about the Astros in isolation – this may be part of their culture. I don't think they handled this very well. It goes beyond the assistant GM who shouldn't have done what he did uh, in, in harassing female reporters. And do, you, do you think it's possible he got the short end of this? Like if he would have controlled the message and apologized right away that he probably wouldn't have lost his job? I don't know if he got the short end. I would put, I would actually spin that a little differently. I would say the Astros handled this as poorly as possible. It became a story because they didn't come out and say, this is something our assistant GM shouldn't have done. We are punishing him in this matter. And and somehow proven, if they can, if this mm-hmm. is true, that this isn't organizational culture. This is an isolated incident of someone who made a bad but, decision. But I think the thing that he said became a bigger problem when they didn't apologize and instead tried to get her fired and cancel totally, her. And tried totally to cancel agree her. with that. So it was like a, 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 a latter effect of like this just keeps getting worse and worse. She's um, – you know, she's a good journalist and also to accuse any journalist of fabricating things. That's is actually that, the worst thing entire, you can do. Yeah, that's their entire fabric of their being. And because this became a big story as it should be, and because the play on the field wasn't great, unfortunately this became the narrative. And the one thing I'd say here is I don't think if you are a, an Astros fan, whether you live in Houston, somehow have a tie to the team or just like the Astros as a baseball fan because of the concepts they use to build their team. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's wrong to say, I actually continue to want to see this team win that you can say, I don't like what the assistant GM did. They need to change their culture, but also I like the players on the field and want to see them. And some people said too, like, would it be possible for the media to just boycott going in the clubhouse? And I was thinking, the players didn't really have anything to do with this. I mean, granted Osuna's continued employment, is a factor, but, and, and Bob Nightingale, for whatever reason, going and asking these guys what they think of him, that really weird concept there. But if yeah. you're going to ignore Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa or, or the pizza King, George Springer, because <laughs> their teammate is a piece of work and because yeah. their assistant GM who got fired as part of a news dump did all this, like that to me is not analogous whatsoever. But yeah. again, too, the biggest issue the thing he said was dumb. Could he have survived it with better PR? Honestly, I do think so. I, the, I do think so. And I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to cape for anything he yeah. said. But at the end of the day, what people seem to take the most away from it or the most angst about was the fact that they tried to ruin her career. And frankly, I think that's the right takeaway. I think yeah. if you say something dumb, especially when it comes to domestic violence, and you apologize for it, that in the grand hierarchy of things might even be more I forgivable. Sinc- sincerely than, apologize, which yep. he didn't. I mean, I, w- I would argue his statement came off as well, pretty rough. Osuna but, still hasn't apologized yeah, or, or said he understands why he was punished. And it, this is the way I see it. And I, it, 
comparing the twins and, and arguably as much as we will disagree with certain things, the organization does, and certainly they've made mistakes in the past. Um, if you look at the current regime mm-hmm. and why I say it's important that they're available is at the very least, I don't think the twins will sign players like Asuna or um, Chapman or, or, you know, players with the Although past. Where like does that. Sano fall in that? Yeah. That's what's complicated. The, the, the issue. Yeah. Sano does complicate it a bit. Although I believe it was, if I remember right, it was condoned, although he he's allowed to still play. And we know that the MLB investigate, you know, it's, I don't know if it's a one for one, well, but, not it's only that, but from a criminal standpoint, I think it was outside the scope of, um, he was not, he did, was not suspended he 75 not, games. He could not be prosecuted because it was outside the, uh, what, what do they call it? The statute of limitations. Oh, yeah. I think you have two, I think it's within two years for that kind of assault. You can still be punished as far as, uh, legally. Yeah. So I think that maybe played a role too. The point, I don't the, know. the point is what you ask of a team is come out and explain your decision to sign a player like that and set a standard for that player. Meaning mm-hmm. what is your rationale? And do you actually believe that this is, you know, an isolated incident or something that could repeat to prevent something from repeating? You can set a standard saying, especially with a reliever where we know, with, you know, these guys don't tend to get big contracts or whatever or hang around long. They're gone. Yeah. I mean, you, you can set a standard that if this happens again, this player will not be a Minnesota twin or the Astros could say if Asuna does something similar, he's no longer going to be a Houston Astro. Sounds a lot like Jaron curse. Like if he was a special teamer instead of their big nickel and, and yeah. third safety or yeah, I think he's their third safety. I mean, he probably gets cut. And also I think the twins now it's multiple things with Sano. They were working on his swing and his weight and all this stuff, but they did work on, and I think authentically his image as in they were like, you need to lose weight. Don't, you know, make have better decisions yeah. off the field, all this stuff. And I think that was authentic. They did send him down to Fort Myers. They have, he seems like a different. I don't know if you noticed this, but he carried a Bible around all season. Yeah. Like again, not saying that that's the path for everyone to becoming someone who isn't who they were before. Yeah. But I believe that was a concerted effort. And like I asked around, like, is he carrying a Bible? And they're like, yeah, he's like, that's been a big thing for him. It's been a big part of why he's tried to change. And I'm like, honestly, from, from the standpoint I have of if people can change or not, I really do need to see like what I would need to see is something that's obvious. And I feel like the way he interacted with teammates from what we could see and what some of those guys were saying, you know, that was a step in the right direction. I don't know what is rehab, a bowl or rehabilitatable. Yeah. But I felt like he at least made a step in that direction. And the point is with their availability, it's not only an opportunity to ask on the record about things, but it's also an opportunity to talk off the record about certain things. And, and sometimes to be honest, you get a more honest answer that way. And I think um, it is easier to hold people in account who are available to you in order to hold them account in person. You know what I mean? Like Terry Ryan. Uh, Terry Ryan, but I would say Felvin and Levine both have been that way. Uh, throughout the playoffs and most of the regular season, if they were in town for that game, they tend to be on the field. You can just walk up to them and ask them honestly about anything. With with uh, Falvey, because he's from Lynn, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, I just simply asked, what do you think about Baldelli's reception as – a guy who grew up a Red Sox But you could have asked him, hey, do, are you interested in the Boston job? And he would have given you something. He wouldn't have just said, I'll get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it, like, I think that's like actually... bad too. Like, he and I had an entire conversation about Martin Perez in the lunch line at last year's media luncheon. And it was like, hey, would you ever consider you guys being, 
him uh, using him as a, a reliever. And he's like, we're open to everything. He didn't just say a blow-off answer like, oh, well, you know, no or whatever. He's like, we're open to anything. We're going to be creative with him. He might start as a reliever. He, like, yeah. he gave me a full-long answer, and it's like, they're under no obligation so, to do that. So that's how you flesh out the Asuna narrative, and it did feel like someone who was kind of sticking it to reporters who probably appropriately were negative about the move, and I don't know, again, how available this guy is, but it didn't seem like this is how you interact with people who you see on a regular basis, right? Well, because he gave up a home run. Like, this whole thing seemed cowardly and weird-placed. Yeah. It just didn't make I, any sense to me. And I totally get them firing. I think you send a message, now it should have happened earlier, but you can say in our organization, A, don't ever do that, but B, we don't think just because a player's good on the field that they can do things, you know, as he did off the yeah, but field. But they fired so. him and not Ozuna. Also, would they have fired... Lou now, if he would have done it. Yeah, and also Lou now has not handled this super well. So it's like there's so many layers to it where it's like, can you trust people to do the right thing? I don't know. And and what it did is, I mean, it's an interesting series if if you just focus on what happened on the field (laughs) because the Astros opened as the biggest favorite, at least in, in Vegas odds, since 07. They got beat twice in their home stadium. Mm hmm. I thought that game was not – I thought there's no way it goes beyond game five. I mm-hmm. thought they had such an advantage. Yep. Washington was on a roll. Their pitching was good. And they looked like Washington did on the road, right? I mean, they just – Yeah, hasn't they, it been all road wins? Yeah. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I mean, I think – here's the thing. I think the Astros are getting what they deserve in many ways because they are no longer – kind of this model organization that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, did everything right, drafted the right players, you know, overcame the extent, overcame is the right word, mm-hmm. losing Aiken and Mark Appel, right, in the in the draft. They, they did all these things right to win the World Series. I think they're now going to be kind of a, a cover story of if you have a bad culture, it doesn't matter how much you win, people outside of your di- most diehard fans are going to view you in a negative light. I really think that's what it's going to be. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. see how it play, plays out. And the funny thing is Washington may win either way mm-hmm. because they took a risk on Scherzer and, you know, they drafted Strasburg and they were able to move on without Harper, who I think is a really good player. And I think the Phillies will end up being really good. But, um, and in some ways they, I mean, I'm trying to think they got to be maybe them and the Capitals are the model teams in mm-hmm. that market, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you look at, John Wall, that contract and the wizards. And you look at the Washington team, which probably should have a different name, <laughs> you know, the football team, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and just how bad that team was people in Minnesota, obviously saw the Vikings beat up on them pretty bad on Thursday night. Like I think it's funny that the, the nationals could lose the world series and kind of win popular opinion mm-hmm. and like the electoral college. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring that up too soon with that. Bailey, always, Justin always, Bailey is our mor- be too soon. Justin Bailey is, uh, I think, our moral authority on the show. Is he? Time to wrap it up, boys. <laughs> so James Rousen. Let's uh, yeah. How did we wait until fifty minutes for uh, James Rousen? But um, you know, we did allude to Miami, that organization being a, a mess. Um, why would you take this job if you're James Rousen? I think it's because of the Jeter connection, and this is why Ma- Miami went and got Jeter to New York. So, or because Jeter's Jeter. I, I'd see it this way. I think because if people don't know, Rousen was a minor league hitting coordinator in New York or for New York. Worked with Aaron Judge. Worked with Gary Sanchez. Even worked with Starlin Castro on the Cubs side of things. He's worked with some really good and, young hitters. And this, I think James Rousen will be a manager. I, I think of the way. Yeah, I, anytime, I tend to agree. I mean, when you talk maybe to, after J- Don Mattingly leaves. That's uh, so they cut his salary right, and Mattingly stayed 
presumably, I don't know why he wants that job so bad, but like, um, he is a big name. He has a good reputation. He may build it back this year. I don't see it with that roster and in in that organization. And so he may get a start with Miami. If he doesn't, I think he did get promoted, right? I mean, he, he's essentially the bench coach and the offensive coordinator. I think Mm -hmm. that's how they put it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, run the home run play more often, and they should be better. <laughs> the other thing here is that they um, – I like how we look at Bailey all the time and be like, is that okay to say on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> the, the, um, uh, the point is I'm sure he got a raise. It's unfortunate for the Twins that you don't know what's going to happen to Shelton because if he had been hired away, and he may very well be, I think he's another manager candidate – and you know Rocco is not going anywhere. You could just put Rousen into that spot mm-hmm. just to give him a promotion and well, keep him the in the fact organization. That he got but a bench coach role elsewhere tells me more than I knew before about if he has the chops for it. Although maybe Marlins, maybe the Marlins view the role differently. Maybe they view Rousen differently. Also, keep this in mind: Rousen was a Paul Molitor guy. He was not, and here he was not a. Well, let's see. He would have been a Falvey and Levine guy, though, right? Uh, I. Th- I think so. I think so. I think Brunanski was the the last TR yeah. guy. So, yeah. So it's possible that they knew this was coming and have some, you know, 39-year-old college hitting guru that they're going to go get or whatever. But this is the way I'd look it's, at it. It's a loss. There's no question it's a loss for the organization. To- totally a lot. Coming off the Bombas, we may actually see results on the field. Does Rudy he- have a chance? He gets a lot of credit for what's done there. Um, I wonder about the communication barrier, though, because English doesn't – I don't think it's his first language. I, and so here's the thing. I think that actually was a positive with this team that he communicated with some of the best hitters on the Twins team. Because I they're mean, Spanish speakers? I yeah. 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 I think he keeps the role he's in at the very least. Like I don't think he's in any danger. I just – I don't know and, – and this is me completely projecting, so I'm willing to be 100% wrong. I just don't know – he, he carries a very soft, quiet presence, and I don't know if that commands the attention that you need from the top dog at that position. He, he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. There's no question about that. And he was a very good compliment to Rousen. There, there was no doubt about and that. And he may compliment the next guy. So he may be secure so, in his so spot. So does he get bumped current... up to the main guy and they hire the next Rudy? Yeah. It's very possible. And I don't want to say that it's not possible. I just I suspect they're going to go with someone we've never heard of, who is either a hitting coach at the West Johnson of some hitting. college, yeah, or is a Twitter guy with ten thousand followers who talks hitting all the time? <laughs> Actually, amazing hire if that happens. Sure, but uh, but Phil we're Hughes, talking. Phil Hughes and Trevor Plouffe were like, yeah, the next Yankees pitching coach is going to be someone under forty that never played. And I said, guys, I'm available whenever you need me. Right, right. And Trevor Plouffe liked it. Phil Hughes didn't. I think Phil is still upset that I. Called his uh, his bluff on my tweet that Barstool took too. So unfortunate. I see you, Phil. Justin Bailey's getting sick of the show. He's on he's on his phone. He's here, on but, Reddit looking for uh, more hot takes. I, I think I think the point with Rousen is that he will continue to do what he needs to do to move up. I don't think you know. You look at Guardy's guys. I think they were very. Rick Anderson was happy as the pitching coach, right? Vavre wanted to work under Guardy, mm-hmm. whether it was hitting coach or bench coach. Rousen should have gone and done this role for the Angels, and he could have been the guy after Madden. It's interesting. But Mickey Calloway is their pitching coach now, which is. But he may get a job quicker in Miami. And if he doesn't, I think he'll get hired as a manager somewhere. Just in the communications we've had, and I think you'd agree, Mm -hmm. he comes off as a guy, A, you want speaking for your team. B, has knowledge beyond hitting. It's well-spoken and it's relationship management. Like even just knowing my name, someone who talks to him very seldom, like that level of communication and facial recognition and making people 
feel like they matter to you. Like Royce Lewis does it too. He looks you in the eye. He yeah. commands your attention. The presence present, is yeah. very much there. Tory Hunter does it. I know people don't like Tory Hunter for things he said, but when you're in a room with Tory Hunter, you are very aware that Tory Hunter I, is in that. I room. would argue not early Mulder, late Mulder was a little like that. Mm-hmm. I here's my thing. I actually think the twins should view if Shelton leaves now that Rousen's left. This is an opportunity to bring smart people in the organization, and I think if they're known as a place where, and it's going to be difficult, but their guy, I think. For example, try to keep Wes Johnson in the organization, but he'll. But Rocco's the new Madden, where everyone's going to be an offshoot. I want that's, Rocco's guys. I want Madden's guys because Rocco is a Madden guy. Kevin Cash is a Madden guy. Yeah, the Toronto guy. I mean, there's a lot of Madden guys. Out the, there. Montoya, right? Yeah, yeah. The the um, that is a sign of a good organization. That's not knocking Guardy, but that was a different mentality. It was how do we keep things consistently in place? I think. I mean, guy, look at his staff in Detroit. At same dudes, yeah. Scott Alger, right? Is there? No, in, it's uh, it's Vavra and Anderson. Maybe Anderson left, but it was uh, Steve Little who's now gone. Lloyd McClendon, they like re reassigned. Which yeah. screams, first of all, Scott Alger, second of all, Vavra, who was the hitting coach and then the yeah. base coach. Like And a good guy. He was great to talk about. Sure, but this is with. classic yeah, yeah. twins twenty fourteen is what Detroit's doing right now. And I think the twins now, as the twins I think actually did early Guardy, if you you know, you have to be cutting edge. And I think to be that in some ways, you have to churn over every once in a while. And mm-hmm. I think this is part of the churn. It's an unfortunate loss. Having said that, I just don't see a path for Rousen to become a manager here really soon. And I think he will be a major league manager soon. So it's a tough loss. <laughs> Rocco but. might be a manager for like 15 years. Yeah. Why? Like, like, like obviously, the, it's, a, it's, it's the honeymoon period and everything went as well as possible. But when I look at how Rocco handles things, it's hard for me to imagine there are five managers in baseball better than him. Really we'll is, see. I think it, it will really prove is. out recently I, I, or in I know, the next few years. I know years, that but. that's me probably – I don't want to say a man crush situation, but a very <laughs> healthy respect for – Justin Bailey, is this a man crush? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very healthy respect for managing old and new – merging old and new school ideologies in a way that makes it a harmonious clubhouse. The other thing I think the Twins have learned beyond Rocco, just because there's gonna, there's someone freaking out being like – Rocco's great, but he's going to manage the Red Sox, right, or something like that. But um, always the Minnesota fear is that. Oh yeah, you you have a blueprint. Where's here, PJ Fleck going to go after this year? Right. Um, the uh, I think the thing the Twins should learn from this is we remember the old Twins way, the the Terry Ryan way, which worked for a long time. Their new way actually should be use these Rocco's methods, but always through the lens of a player. And what what I mean by that is all these different things that player rest and analytics and, and all these kind of new age thinking that works as long as you, I think you need someone who understands what the players need first, which Mm is, it is rest and it is an understanding analytics, but it's also some simple things like hitches in their swing or what do you do when you have something in your personal life? How do you separate that from on the field? But but you're saying it's not ironic. You're saying it's not ironic that Twins Way is a one-way street coming out of Target Field. Yeah, I, I totally, and <laughs> I also think ways. I also think you could. There's just some principles that, long after Rocco's gone, or even or if Rocco's here for a long time, will remain with the organization that um, they established this year, and I think that's a positive thing for the Twins. Um, and the question always will be, obviously, can you beat the Yankees? Unfortunately. Well, yeah. Well, we didn't get to talk about Matt Whistler, the new waiver claim for the Twins off. Give us the brief. Off the scrap heap from the Mariners, and it's a big slider-heavy guy, big arm. 
Uh, I haven't looked at the velocity, so maybe I shouldn't say big arm quite yet. But uh, yeah, 92, 93. So not, but. Good claim. Top 50 prospect, a couple different places about four years ago. He just turned 27. Lots of strikeouts. The numbers are not pretty, but the talent is there. This is the exact type of clay they should be taking to mold into something in the image of Wes Johnson. And if this is their number five starter at some point next year, it will have been a very good waiver claim. If this is their top mop-up guy, your Anthony Swarzak, still a good waiver claim. The only real issue is if he's like one of those Rochester shuttle guys and doesn't take. And even still, he's probably like a 39th or 40th guy on your 49th. Something like that. I was thinking Cole Stewart more. Happy, happy, happy. Uh, congratulations to him and his wife having their baby, yeah. by the way. Cole is one of my favorite dudes, and it always bothers me when he doesn't pitch well because he is such a good dude. And we're very happy that he's got a little boy. He texted me and said, I'm just so excited to love on him. And I'm like, whoa, that's a new dad talking right there. So anyway, uh, Matt Whistler, I think, is going to be in this bullpen as maybe a long guy or could sneak into the rotation as a fifth starter. He has not started regularly since with the Braves back in 2016. But he worked as an opener this season between San Diego and Seattle, mostly Seattle, I want to say. So if they want to go that route, which would make sense if they if they have an open roster spot, rotation spot, and they want to have an opener in front of Smeltzer or Dobnak or whoever, this might be the guy. Might be a reclamation, reclamation project. I think that's more than anything, yeah. He's the kind of guy the Brewers could use. Right, Bailey? Bailey, should we wrap up and silent, we're done? Silent, solemn nod. I think Cy Amundsen's out there pointing to his watch. That means it's time to go. This has been Midwest Wing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network for Justin Bailey, for Tom Schreier. We'll see you next week. This is Brandon Warren signing off and saying we'll see you next week. Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago. Chicago.